you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. Okay, Life After Addiction. Bruce Stanley, you better believe it, baby. Oh, yeah. Better believe it. Hey, today, Bruce, man, we're going to talk about something that, uh, and I say this every episode, we're going to talk about something very important. (laughs) (laughs) But today, we're going to kind of have fun with it. And it's not necessarily that it's not a serious topic, but it's something that we, you and I have both heard. And if anyone's ever been in the addiction recovery world, or maybe even any uh, secular non-addiction recovery world, uh, but it's this phrase that gets under my skin so much and here it is. You ready? Fake it till you make it. <laughs> yeah. Not. Not. <laughs> fake it till you make it. Tell me, what, what are you... Uh, and again, explain to the people listening, maybe they don't know. What do, when did you hear fake it till you make it? Okay. Well, before I even start down this road, the, the phrase starts with fake. So right off the bat, <laughs> I mean, you kind of have to question the validity of... <laughs> Of what this whole thing means. But when I first heard it, it was in uh, the rooms of 12-step programs. And the idea behind it is that many people come to these programs with their own ideas, and a lot of it is denial, and that they're not fully committed. They sometimes are forced there to go do these things by court systems Mm -hmm. and stuff like this. So uh, you get an attitude from some people who come into these rooms, and and the idea is, hey, man, just – is. Just fake it till you make it, you know, just yeah. keep coming back, you know, is what they keep saying. And uh, and the idea behind that is that it'll grow on you and somehow through osmosis, you just get recovery, <laughs> even though you're faking it, right? Yeah. And so that's where I first heard it. And uh, the, the thing is, when, what we do every day, you know, we get guys that come into the program who who've adopted this mentality. And, and the first thing we, we do uh, is to say, man, you that's not going to work for you. You know, um, you can't fake it in the kingdom of God and, and you're not going to receive the power behind the healing if, if you're not sincere about it. Yeah. And and just, just kind of to to prove the point this Thursday, I'm, I'm teaching a catapult and the title is, are you all in, are you all in? (laughs) And and I think the mentality might be, and, and again, I'm trying to relate to something that I could just completely disagree with, but I think what the point is, is just because you don't feel it now, uh, stay in there. But that's not what's being said, right? Uh, what's being said is fake it till you make it. Close your eyes, cross your fingers, hold your breath, and then something will happen just because you're showing up. And and that's not that's hurting people. Fake it till you make it, and then what happens? You're, you're three months down the road, and you're just a fake. You're a fraud, and you're not trying to do any. You're not yeah. trying to put in the the stuff that God's called us to put in the effort the the hard things to do about repenting turning seeking God confessing these aren't things that you could just fake right right, right. and then you know ultimately it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of well I'm gonna fake it until I make it and then when it doesn't happen it's like well, you know it's the fault of the program and I didn't do anything mm. wrong and therefore I'm not at fault and this just doesn't work for me yeah and, no, that's good. And 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 then the aspect of I think it's dangerous anytime, especially in the addiction recovery world, when you tell someone to fake anything. Why, you might ask? Why, Adam? Thanks for asking, Bruce. <laughs> because most of the time, from experience, personal experience, but also in the experience of the years that I've been working in a in a at a rehab, 
the people that come are have been multitude of years being a manipulator, a liar, two-faced, double lives, triple lives. I've been this way around certain people, and then I've been this way. And then you're telling them to add to that. Like, dude, if, if we if we, Bruce, if the guys that came into our program and, and we gathered them into a room, it's like, here's your orientation uh, for spring to life. Here's what we want you to do. We want you to continue being a manipulator. Continue telling me what I want to hear and just white knuckling it and crossing your fingers because that's how you're going to get better. What in the world would people think? Yeah. I mean, the, the word fake itself just implies there's no honesty. And we know from experience that honesty is the first thing. And even the program who utilizes this phrase will tell you that you've got to be honest. Yeah about your situation, and at the same time, they say fake it. So just kind of a contradictory of things. Man, there's a story that Francis Chan uh, tells of a time when he was asked to come to this large seminar with all these theologians and stuff, and he was pretty intimidated by it. But he went ahead and did it anyway. And uh, and afterwards, uh, after he gave his, his speech and stuff, uh, he was kind of in the green room or back behind with all the other speakers and stuff. And they pretty much just called him out on like, dude, you have no idea what you're talking about. And he he had to repent from that and, and confess to people that he just faked it, you know, mm-hmm. that he got out there and tried to sound like everybody else is sounding. And he did a little bit of research just so that he could get by, he thought, so that he could not be an embarrassment to himself. But the idea was that he was going to fake it Mm. and just kind of follow along with everybody else and that nobody was going to notice. And he got called out on it Mm. and he had to repent for that and just say, man, I'll never do that again because that was painful. And uh, it's just kind of an example that, man, whether it's addiction or it's just the way we choose to live our life, God calls us to be honest not to be fake. Yeah. And, you know, we we can go on about wearing masks, and that's probably another episode, which we'll get to. But, uh, man, yeah, this just this idea of that's that's how it's going to work for you. It's just not. Yeah. And, and just so just completely we reject the idea of fake it till you make it with the understanding. Here, here's what I'll say. So I, I can understand why that's being said, right? Because when people come in and they, they tar program and they see a guy who's been there maybe two months and man, that guy looks different than I do. I, I, I can't really see, man, you're not, you're not dope sick. You're not mad at the world. You're not super depressed. You're not feeling guilty right now. What's going on? That's different. I don't feel that right now. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And so I understand maybe the concept of saying fake it till you make it. But when you say that, the message you're sending is absolutely devastating to the person that's being told to be fake. Now, how would you respond to the person who comes in? Or maybe here, here's something else. Maybe they've been with us for three months and they leave and now they're in the world and they just don't feel it. What do you say to that person instead of fake it till you make it? What do you say to them? Well, what we say at um, our facility when guys come in new is we say, man, all we're asking you to do is to have an open heart and an open mind. Meaning you can have questions, you can doubt, uh, but at least listen. And that is so different than saying fake it till you make it. It's we're hoping through the power of God that while you sit here and you embrace this stuff and not reject it, that you're going to hear some knowledge. You're going to hear some things, but supernaturally, God's either going to call you because your heart is ready or, or not. And 
And, uh, and that has to be with some honesty. And so that's the only thing we require of people when they come in. Cause we, we, Adam, you know, this, we get guys that aren't Christians who come to our yeah. program. We get guys who are atheists, uh, from other religion backgrounds. And so, uh, the requirement isn't you have to be a Christian when you come to that's S2L. Right. It's just have an open heart and an open mind. Open and mind. you decide for yourself because we know it's not us that's going to convince anybody. It's the power of God. Right. And, and, and hear this too. Here, here's, so we we present a problem, and my daddy always taught me, don't ever present a problem without a solution, right? So we presented the problem, and the great response, hey, open mind, open heart. But how many times, Bruce, have you yourself told someone this? And here's the kicker. Here's what we tell them. We don't try to, like, sell them a bill of fake it till you make it, fake goods. We just tell them the truth. How many times have you said this? Hey, man, the way you're feeling right now, you're supposed to be feeling. Yeah. The way you're feeling right now is the design of how you're supposed to feel. Exactly. And there's this one verse in Second Peter that it says, um, "Beloved." He starts always, "Beloved," uh, and don't act as if something strange is going on, mm. or if you're surprised by the trial that you're in. Yeah. Uh, because that's the way it's supposed to be, and and that's paraphrasing the rest of the, the verses, but. Usually it happens within the first week when somebody comes to the program and they, they come in, they're like, man, I'm glad to be here. I'm not, I'm not dope sick anymore. And, um, and then all of a sudden the feelings start coming and it's like the first thing I want to do is leave. I got to get out of here. This is so uncomfortable. You know, this is not what I'm used to. They're asking me to do things I don't really want to do. You know, these feelings, I got to be high again. And, yeah. and you end up sitting down with the person and going, hey, man, I understand why you're feeling this way. And let me just tell you that everybody who comes here feels like that. Yeah, it's In fact, it's, it's the way you're supposed to feel. Yeah. yeah. And so instead of telling someone to fake it, get to the heart of that person, identify with them and say, hey, man, you feel like absolute crud, don't you? All this shame, all this guilt, all this pain, all this suffering, all this maybe even jealousy or resentment towards people, or you don't understand why they get it and you don't. And you say, you know what, man, there's hope from that. There's hope from that in the gospel mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ. But you also know what? The way, the reason you're feeling that right now is is because you're supposed to, yeah. and it's normal. And every single one of these cats went through it. And you know how I know that? Because they weren't faking it till they make it. Exactly. They took their mask In fact, off. I tell them, I said, man, I would be more worried if you weren't feeling like that. Right. Right. And so, yeah. And then we go into maybe, man, there, there's, there's consequences of the things that we do. And that really rolls into great. The question that we have at the end of the, at the here coming up in just a couple of minutes, but yeah. The, and if they ask, well, why am I supposed to be feeling it? Man, look back and look at what's going on. Just the devastation that was being caused in this life that you were living. So yeah, you're supposed to be feeling that right now. God is calling you, man, in this season. Uh, you hinted towards it. Even in James, there we face these trials from various kinds. Consider it joy. There's perseverance. Uh, in Isaiah, or yeah, in Isaiah, it talks about thanking God for this bitterness. Mm-hmm. Because in that, in that, God, you saved me. You pulled me out of the pit. You showed me mm-hmm. this way. And so that's what we tell them. So we don't try to fluff it up and like, Everything's going to be lovely. And if it's not, you fake it. No, hey, man, you're, we get it, bro. We get it. It is rough right now, man. And maybe even physically and all this stuff. But you're supposed to be right there and, and grow in that. And I think it's God getting your attention. Because look, man, look on the wall at these pictures. Look at the people that have come before you. Look at people in your life. Some people haven't had the opportunity to be where you are today. Yeah. Um, and if, if change was comfortable, 
then everybody would do it. Mm, we wouldn't have it. these problems in this world. I mean, everybody like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to do that because that doesn't feel any different than what I'm already doing. But that's not the way change is. Real change comes from a trial. It comes from a circumstance that you're being pulled into something that feels very uncomfortable because you're not used to it. You're changing. Yeah. Yeah. And I will even say this. Actually, that's a good transition. Let's, the question today comes from Ryan from Alabama, uh, and it's this. How does spiritual warfare affect our physical world? <laughs> now, this could go, Bruce, this could go a couple different directions. I'll start it off with, um, man, we could start talking about like major stuff, but I'll, I'll start it off with this. Uh, and I think in a previous episode, we were talking about, man, the sin that you have, it affects people around you, whether you know it or not. And so I'll also say this, and, and I think I've heard it this way, and it's really beautifully put, a, a spiritual issue has physical consequences. Absolutely. Um, and we could talk about addiction, but those are obvious. But even uh, the Bible says, don't worry, right? Do not worry. Do not have anxiety. Do not be anxious. But in everything, present your request to God through prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. And the peace from God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. But then if, if you just rewind that, you can quote scripture great and you feel good. But the first part of that is don't be anxious about anything. What? And if so, if the Bible's calling us to that and we're not seeing God for who he is, then that physical, that spiritual problem of anxiety will have physical consequences. High blood pressure, right? Panic attacks, physical panic attacks, um, heart issues, on and on and on I could go. There's physical consequences to spiritual problems. But the question, and I'm, I'm going to let you address how does spiritual warfare affect our physical world? Right. Well, first you have to start with what we're, what we're trying to impress upon people is that this is not a mind over matter thing. This is not behavior modification. That's right. We're talking about a supernatural power and a real God. Mm. And he's quite capable of making things very physical. I mean, he's the creator of all things. Uh, so from that stance right there, it's like absolutely it's physical. Yeah. Uh, and what God's intention for you is to change mentally, physically, um, to the to the thing that he created you to be. And the fact that we believe in a God who is capable of doing anything more than we can imagine, absolutely it's physical. And we're working with a real enemy who's trying to pull you away from that. Um, and so the effects of that, you know, being transformed from one degree of glory to the next, yeah. like the Bible says, yeah. I mean, there's absolute real change, not just in your mind. Uh, although the Bible does say it's a renewing of the mind once you have different perspective on the possibilities that God can do versus the things that you were trying to do on your own. But man, there's real healing in that. There's plenty of times in Scripture where mm -hmm. Jesus heals. You know, God heals people. It, it, they take him from being lame, from being blind to seeing to walking. And man, I know from my own experience, and Adam, you can contest this. I mean, we physically see change. I mean, maybe oh, yeah. I said that wrong. We see physical change yeah. in people who come into our program. They're like a different person when Way they different. leave. Way different. And not only are they just healthier, right? But uh, the things that people are capable of doing versus what they weren't able to do physically. Yeah. I mean, there's real change there. And I just want to impress upon the fact that this whole fake it till you make it thing, man, 
that implies that it's me. My, I'm the one mm-hmm. doing it, right? And it's up to me. And it, this is not a mind over matter thing. Yeah, know? it's like a time issue. If I could just yeah. fake it for this amount of time, then yeah. it's going to click. You right, know? which kind of leads me to this whole self-help thing, you <laughs> know, uh, <laughs> which is another self-help. whole episode that we could do. <laughs> but, you know, the, there's a billion-dollar industry out there in self-help books. And yeah. this is an oxymoron to even begin with because if I could help myself, then I wouldn't be needing a book to read or even going into a program right. rehab. You know, it's like – what? <laughs> right. One of the one of the cool things, man, I just I find myself telling families this all the time as an indicator. And, and it's hard to explain. But uh, uh, you, you mentioned we see physical things. And so it's not really a physical thing that I see. But there is a certain time when the lights come on in someone's eyes. And, and I'll tell the families that, man, I believe the lights coming on and there's just this presence about them, a continent, a continent about this person. And so let me give an example. I'm going to give uh, a very simple example about this spiritual warfare having an effect physically. I'm going to give a negative example, and then I'm going to give it a positive example. And, and again, very simple, just layman's terms example on addiction. Yeah, let's do it. But Rocky. this is a very complex issue, so I don't want to. Do, I don't want to take away. Addiction is very complex, and there's very a lot of pain. But here it is. So physically or spiritually. I am someone who grew up, uh, and my father uh, and my parents were awful to me, right? Uh, they said awful things about me. They beat me. Um, and then um, maybe they are no longer with me, or they abandoned me, or I ran away, or something like that. And so I have this hole inside of me of, of needing a parents, needing a father, and being told that I was a certain something for my whole childhood life. And I grow well, up. Just the trauma from abandonment. Abuse, trauma. You know. All of that. And so what I do with that, um, it comes to a place that it, I can't, I, I just can't deal with it anymore. Now the pressures of working and life and all this, and I'm just, and so what I do to, to satisfy that trauma, that pain, and all of that is I, want, I need to numb it. Maybe it starts off with a bottle. Right. Then it starts off. Then it proceeds to drugs. And, and so I, I go to numb it and that satisfies me for a moment. And then all of a sudden that wears off and it's uh, temporary. It's temporary. And man, I, I get into this, this situation where I need to do it again, need to do it again, need to do it again. Cause it's always fleeing. It's, it's a, it's a fake, it's a fake numbing. It's, it's not a real solving the problem. It's, that's a fake solution. Next thing I know, I'm physically addicted, right? Physically spiritual. Became physical. Next thing I know, man, my body is is having to have this physically, not just mentally, physically. And if I don't have it, I could have seizures. I could die. That's the negative example of a spiritual problem. Now, let me do the same situation. This person grew up, same situation, turned to drugs and alcohol uh, to numb this, and then heard the message of Jesus Christ, heard the gospel, heard that they were made fearfully and wonderfully. Heard that that God not only sees them in Christ as pure and loving, but he is a good, good father. And he will never abandon me. And he's there with me through the end of ages. Behold, I'm with you to the end of age. And not only do I hear that, but I believe that effectually. I don't just intellectually believe that. I effectually believe that. And then all of a sudden, those thoughts and those things are still there. My father still abandoned me. I still got beaten. I still got told I was worthless. All of those things are still there, but those were all lies. And I see what God says about me, and it just absolutely... So that 
spiritual war to physical back to the spiritual just decimates all of that junk about me, even though it's still there. It didn't erase my past, but I see who I was made in the image of in the Imago day of, and that changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have time? I want to compliment on that. Hit it. Uh, just from the spiritual to the physical thing. I mean, absolutely what you're saying is true. And you, you touched upon saying, well, all those things were lies. They're not lies in the sense that they didn't happen. Right. They're lies in the sense in which I perceived myself and the world around me because of those things. And this is the point I want to make. We live in a fallen world, and yeah. it's because of sin. So it's, it's a spiritual thing to begin with that affects our physical world and that we have decay, we have disease, we have death. You know, these things are physical. Mm. And, but the beauty is that God is more than physical. That's right. He creates the physical, but he's spiritual. And the spirituality of eternal destination that we have with, with God forever, all Satan has, our enemy, right, is the physical aspect. He doesn't have the spiritual aspect. Uh, in that, he knows you're going to die one day. He knows that he can make your life miserable and affect you physically. Mm-hmm. But the end is he can't take your salvation away from you. And so spiritually, you live on. Uh, so everything is going to be physical. Cause, and and even without the enemy, just the, the the basis of living in a fallen world, we see and are, we are affected by that every day. That's right. Hey, so that's the time we have, man. Just, just, I know, and we didn't share this on air here, but I know you've been telling me that you've been having a rough week. Here's my advice. Bruce, you need to fake it till you make it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we have. Hey guys, come back, check out the next episode. Love you guys. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Recovery. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email them to info at springtolife.net. That's info at spring, the number two, life.net. And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.